Canine Cast number 34. It's the Canine Cast with Tara and Walter. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Canine Cast. This is Tara. And hello, everyone. This is Walter. Just a quick recap of the last Canine Cast, Canine Cast number 33, in case you missed it. We had a discussion about halties and gentle leaders, and we also discussed Zoe and whether or not she needed a shrink. And I think the answer was no, she didn't need a shrink. But why she needed, why the question was posed, you'll have to listen. Yes, thank you for that, Walter. And this week, before we get into everything, I wanted to take this opportunity to say thank you so much, everybody, for all of your care and concern as Wilma was headed over towards this way. We were very, very lucky. The weather was kind of crazy, and we definitely experienced some tropical storm winds and rain, but we had very little damage over here at all. So we were lucky, but our hearts really, really go out to the people in Mexico and the islands and southern Florida who did experience some severe damage, as well, of course, as all of the people beforehand this hurricane season who've experienced massive damage from Hurricanes Rita and Katrina. So thank you so much, everybody, for your care and concern for us and also for everybody who has helped out with the hurricanes that came earlier in the season and who we know are continuing to help out with the most recent ones. Speaking of that, we have a question today from somebody who actually did adopt a dog that was abandoned during one of the hurricanes. Al writes, recently we adopted a new member, Buddy a wire-haired miniature dachshund to our household of two other dogs, a collie Oreo and a lab cocker mix muffin. Buddy was abandoned during the evacuation of Houston when Rita approached. Buddy is still very much a puppy and wants to play puppy games. The other dogs seem to get upset by his playing with us by barking and I guess trying to subdue Buddy. At other times, the dogs seem to get a well with each other. What might be prompting this behavior, and how might one address the problem? Should we play with each dog individually while the others are not present? The current situation makes having quality time with each dog difficult. Then he goes on to say that Buddy is not the one barking, but Muffin and occasionally Oreo as well. This behavior is also accompanied by nipping at Buddy when he plays with us. Usually the games we are playing tend toward the roughhouse, and Muffin is always disliked that for whatever reason, whether we do it with Oreo, Buddy, or between us humans. Is this a dominance thing? Muffin has tried to mount Buddy, but Buddy isn't afraid of her, nor acts very submissive. In fact, Buddy will steal toys right out of Muffin's mouth, and on occasion, Muffin will growl when he tries to steal. Then Al tells us that 85% of the time, all three dogs get along well. Well, Al, with these three dogs, a lot of it at this point may be that they are still kind of figuring out their pack order. With Buddy being a puppy, but not necessarily a very submissive one, it does sound like what you're talking about with Muffin mounting Buddy and Buddy taking the toys from Muffin and on occasion Muffin growling at them. Like they are really, really working at trying to figure out who's going to be the dominant one. Um, Muffin, it seems, is dominant right now, but it seems that Buddy's doing a job of challenging her. So that may be part of what's going on. So far as playing with you, there are some dogs who simply don't like rough playing between other people. Sometimes it's a dominance thing and they're just trying to kind of 
calm down everybody else. They don't like that kind of playing for that reason. Sometimes there are dogs who, generally speaking, are pretty submissive, but still that type of rough playing will upset them. So that there could be a few issues going on there, as well as it could simply be Muffin's way of kind of getting in there and saying, you know, this is my human and I'm the dominant one, and kind of, you know, trying to decide whether and how it's going to be okay for Buddy to play with you. Um, I, from, from my perspective right here, I can't exactly tell you which of these many possibilities it could be without actually seeing the dynamic between them. But I, but I do think that there may be um, some dominance issues in that. What I would suggest doing is one thing that you had actually brought up was should you play with each dog individually while the others are not present? Well, that's always a good idea anyway, just for bonding with your dogs. And I do highly recommend that. Another thing that I would recommend that you do highly is when you have all three dogs there, try to play games that maybe aren't so roughhouse. Games like um, playing obedience would be great. And yes, I do call it playing and it is it is a lot of fun for the dogs but just basically you know give them commands and then they can all do them and this is something that you can use as training and you dole out praise for each of the dogs doing this and normally from our experience not only will the dogs actually do these different um, requests and commands they'll kind of try to outdo each other with them so that can be a lot of fun and it can be something that's pretty positive and doesn't put any of them in a role where they have to be kind of jockeying for pack position so that might might be something good for them um, another thing that you could do is if they have crates you could go ahead and um, put you know have some crate time for the ones that you're not playing with and bring the other ones out so what you could do is say that all three of them are out and everything's fine. Then things get a little rough and Muffin gets upset. Go ahead and put her in her crate. Not as a punishment, but just kind of as a little time out for her to chill while you get to continue playing with Buddy and Oreo. Or what you could do conversely, if Buddy gets a little bit too wound up and is a little bit too rambunctious, then, he, then it may be time for him to go in his crate have a little bit of a time out while you get to play with Muffin and Oreo. So I would just try some different things like that and see what works. Over time, chances are this will smooth out a little bit just as they get into their pack positions. But definitely do what you can to try to help and to try to reinforce whatever the pack positions are. For example, if Muffin is the alpha in the house, make sure that you give her attention first, make sure that you feed her first to kind of reinforce that position because to do otherwise can kind of confuse the dogs and can make them act in some pretty strange ways. So those are just some things to try for now. Um, Please follow up with us and let us know how things are going and how Buddy is fitting into the household. It sounds like you have uh, three rather playful, fun dogs there. Thank you so much for writing, and best of luck with your newest family member. Now, Lucila wrote in to send us a link to this article that was in um, the BBC News online. And then just the next day, I heard heard them talking about it on the radio as well. And I thought it was kind of interesting um, a little bit. Well, I'll I'll let you all decide what you think of it. But the title here is Rome Dogs Win Right to Daily Walk. Okay. 
And then they go on to explain that basically the city of Rome, the way they put it is that the city of Rome is cracking down on careless pet owners by introducing fines for those who fail to take their dog out on regular walks. There are also a host of other things that they brought up that now I suppose pet owners can be fined for. But the the idea is that they're trying to um, get pet owners to act in more responsible ways. And this goes across the board with a number of things. It's not just dogs. But, um, for example, they are now requiring the dogs to have, I believe it's three walks per week. Otherwise, the owner can be fined. Um, they've made docking the pet's tails and ears illegal. And there's just there's just a number of things. Um, one is they are outlawing round fish bowls. Supposedly, those round fish bowls can make fish blind and also make it tougher for the fish to get oxygen, which I had no idea. So what, what I think is kind of neat from this article is it does bring up some pet, some pet uh, welfare issues that one may not have been aware of before. For, for example, I had no idea that round fish bowls were bad for fish. So as a way to promote responsible pet ownership, I think it's kind of neat. Going so far as to introduce fines for all these things, I, I kind of wonder what the unintended consequences of that are going to be. Like, for example, if it's now illegal to dock a pet's tails and ears, well, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that people are going to stop doing it. They just, just may stop going to their veterinarian to do it and may do it on their own, which could actually be an even worse situation for the dogs. So it, it just depends. You know, you just have to kind of see where this goes and what happens with it. Some other new rules that they had highlighted was, one, that pets must not be left locked inside cars in the hot season. And in Rome, from what I understand, it can get very, very hot there. But that's that's something that just as a responsible pet owner um, to keep in mind anyway, you generally won't want to lock your animals in your car ever because even if even if it feels cool, even if they're in the shade, the temperature inside can rise very, very rapidly and um, cause damage to them. So that's you know so that's another thing where some people may not be aware of that, but it's very, very important. Some other ones, animals cannot be kept in shop windows. They say that trimming cat's claws for aesthetic purposes is forbidden. So I don't know if they if they mean just to make the cats look nicer or if they're talking about declawing the cats, um, which, you know, declawing isn't considered the nicest thing to do to a cat. Um, they've banned electric and pointed dog collars, which um, here in America, I think they are probably talking about prong collars. Although, from what I understand, they call them, you know, different things in other places as well. They also talk about cat colonies. And on new construction sites, these cat colonies must be taken care of. Um, I don't know quite what they mean by that. I do know that they have people who will go and feed cats in the colonies. And we have a similar thing here where there will be just these colonies of stray cats that are in different places. And people will know where they are. So they'll go out and feed them to try to help take care of them. And here in Florida, at least in our part of Florida, there are some movements to actually trap the the cats because they're feral cats. They're pretty they're pretty much wild at this point. They will trap them, they will spay and neuter them so they can't reproduce and then they will go ahead and release them so that they can continue living in the colony. That's the life that they know, but without reproducing and keeping it going. 
So that I don't know quite how they're doing it in Rome, but I thought that was kind of an interesting parallel. And then also they said that animals cannot be offered as at prizes at fairs, which, you know, is, is another good thing. Um, I remember growing up, looking back on it now, it's, it's so very strange. But at the time, it was just something that we saw all the time. So just accepted it as being. But I mean, I remember when you would go and there would be fish at one place and rabbits at another place and maybe hamsters at another place all at the fair um and i I just can't i just can't imagine that now so so as i said you know as bringing this up as animal welfare issues i think it's wonderful to bring the all of these things to people's attention that you know maybe these aren't the best things that they should be doing for their animals or maybe they should be taking their animals on more walks so on and so forth um although the um the government regulation and fine part of it you know, I kind of wonder what the other um, effects will be that will come from that. But just kind of a, a neat article and something to keep our eye on and see how it goes. So with that, I think we're going to go ahead and cut it a little bit short tonight. Um, next week is our moving week, so things are getting really, really hectic around here. And just, just to give you guys an idea, we're currently in Florida, and we will be moving up to the New England area. So it's a very, very long-distance move for us. We're really excited, um, but it's it's kind of a little bit disrupting to the canine cast schedule because we are really, really um, busting ourselves to try and get our house packed up and everything taken care of. So we will try our hardest to get another canine cast out next week, and get back to our normal canine cast schedule as soon as possible. But thank you all so much for, you know, for sticking with us and tuning in to the canine cast, such as it is while we're going through this period of transition. And also all of the well wishes that we've received through the emails. Those are just so, so heartwarming, even though we don't necessarily um, have a chance to get back to you all right away. As soon as we get settled and everything calms down, we will. We can't wait to be able to have the time to sit down and just email everybody back, say hello, and um, carry on our email conversations with you. So keep keep pouring on the emails. It's it's so wonderful to open up the, the inbox and to, to, to be blessed with the problem of having too many to be able to respond in one sitting is so incredible. I always look forward to being able to sit down and write back emails to everyone. So along with the emails that we've been getting, we've also gotten more pictures. So Walter's going to tell you a little bit about the ones that we've put on the gallery most recently. Thanks, Tara. We have pictures sent in from Onawa of her dogs Oliver and Ruby, and even one of their friend's dog Chopper. They're all cute little Boston Terriers. Thanks for that. And then we have Nathan, who sent us pictures of Chester. We've got him doing a variety of activities, like running on the beach and snuggling in a blanket. Aww. <laughs> and last for this show, we have pictures from Michael of Madeline and Buckley. Madeline is a Great Dane, and Buckley is a Dachshund. Guess which one is the dominant one? We'll give you a hint. It's not Madeline. Thanks for those pictures, guys. We've got even more to share with you next time, but keep sending them in. We'll talk about them all on the show. Thanks, Walter. And we did actually get a question from a listener about how to put pictures on the gallery. If you just send them to us, then we will post them on up there and also announce your dog when we do. Send them to caninecast at gmail.com. Thanks. And then also, if you have questions, stories, or comments for the show, not only can you email them to us, but you can also leave us a message through our voicemail or through Skype. 
and the information for that will be available for you at the end of the show. So that about wraps it up for today. Thanks again for joining us for the Canine Cast. And if you haven't already, please spay or neuter your dog. It's the best thing you can do for your furry friend. If you have a question for Tara or a comment about Canine Cast, please leave us a voice message by calling 206-338-DOGS. That's 206-338-3647. Or post a comment on our website at caninecast.com. That's the letter K, the number 9, cast.com.